Blog Talk Radio. talk about life's problems that may break or tear her support. Reconnect my heart. We'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room and it's available right now on our website at www.blogtalkradio.com. You can go to the chat room or you can go to www.reconnectmyheart.com. You can see the video version. And also, you feel free to give us a call at 516-453-9118. Many avenues for us to be able to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. 
I want to first apologize. I want to apologize to those who are listening. <clears throat> uh, I may not sound my best right now. I end up catching a little cold. That's all it is, just a cold. Um, I was somewhere, and I had a wet shirt on, and instead of running and changing, I said, well, I'll be all right, and I end up catching a little cold. But I feel good taking some vitamins. Everything's going to be fine. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. So just in case you hear me, um, kind of coughing a little bit, and I am taking some hauls. I've been chewing up these hauls. So, but other than that, I'm doing great. Look forward to um, spending the day with you all. So, on today's show, we're going to talk about when our past problems or past people, when they return back into our life, we're going to talk about that, how to handle that and much more in the episode called The Return of the Mac. The Return of the Mac. (laughs) Um, For those that know, that is a song from the 90s. And, (laughs) you know, just putting my interpretation of the title. Um, You know, there are things that happen that revisit us. And so we're going to talk about those things. Um, I'm going to break it up into three different sections. The first section I want to talk about, when things or people come back or revisit us in our life, the first thing you want to think about, and, and this is the thing, I'm saying three things. I'm going to number them, one, two, three, but that does not mean it's, in that order, you know, each person may vary. Uh, situations may come. And one of the things I want to make sure to put this disclaimer, when past things or past people come into your life, that does not mean that you are not saved. That does not mean that you have backslidden. I want to put that disclaimer out there because a lot of times there are people that we may try to talk to that we tell them what may be going on in our life. And the first thing that they'll automatically, if you want to say spiritually misdiagnosed is saying that we have fell off from God. That is not the case. So I want to put this disclaimer out there and also talk about even with the conversation that we're having, we want to put up these um, situations that may come up to Make us aware when things come back into our presence. Uh, What does that mean? So, like I said, I want to put that out there. One of the things, when a past situation or a past person, someone from our past, come back into our present, one of the things we have to really just kind of do is self-analysis. And this is for us to examine ourselves. Because to be honest with you, there may be people that we may talk to, but to get to the truth, we have to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we're not honest with other people, but we know the truth. And so that's that's the kind of conversation I want us to have. And not only that, but even this topic tonight, Allow this to be where you have that conversation with God and yourself. 
Have that conversation with you and God, but also have that conversation with yourself. So the first thing, maybe, maybe there is a past test that you didn't pass. That may be one of the reasons why past things or past people have now revisited you into the present. First thing, ask yourself, did you pass a test or did you fail a test from the past? One of the things we have to look at, just like in school, when you fail a test, you have to take it over again. And one of the things I always say, the retakes are sometimes more difficult than the original test. If you look at if you look at doing school, doing school, grade school, you end up taking school and you make a passing grade. And then when school lets out, it's summer break. You're able to enjoy vacation. You end up being able to just relax. Why? Because you pass whatever class that you took in those regular school hours or regular school schedules. But when you fail a test or when you fail a class, what you have to do, a lot of times we have to take summer school. Now, I do know that there are some people that may take summer school to get an advancement or to get a head start on the upcoming class. We're not talking about that. But during regular school, if you have not passed a class, you have to take it back over again during a summer school. And like I said, the retake is coming in the most inconvenient time. Because why? While everybody else is enjoying their vacation or staycation, you got to take a test class that you supposed to have passed when it was regular school hours, a regular school schedule. So that retake, that retake of taking that class, what happens? Sometimes there are some staff members that are there at the school because they really don't want to be there. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them, they may look at it as an inconvenience. So you have to look at, you know what, man, I didn't pass during regular school time, so now I got to take this retest. Sometimes I got to take the, the class over again. And if you think about it, sometimes it can be very frustrating because while everybody else is enjoying themselves, you got to stay stuck in school. And it's not just an inconvenience for you, but it's an inconvenience for those that are attached to you. Because what if the family was planning on having a family vacation, but now they either have to cancel it or go without you because you didn't pass a course. So what happens? Hey, they may go without you. But either way, even if they go without you, that family is not complete because you're not there. So understanding it may be because you didn't pass a test. So when you look at a test in life, it's not so much of just getting over it, but it's also how we get over it. In other words, it's not what we do, but it's how we do it too. That's the key thing for us to be able to examine ourselves when we take tests in life. But also, it's not just a test or a situation, so to speak, but also an individual. 
Sometimes there are some unsettled business that we have with people. And sometimes what happens, you may think that you have left them in the rearview mirror, but what happens, sometimes they may end up coming up to you. Sometimes, you know, it's like this. The people that you wronged, the people that you may have mistreated, sometimes you're seeing them right into your present or sometime in your future. That's why it's so so important for us to remember that old saying, they say you never burn your bridges. Never burn your bridges because it may be the same bridge that you have to recross the one you tried to burn down. So these are the things we have to think about. It's not just the individual, excuse me, it's not just the situation, but it's the individuals too. So that's why it's so mindful for us to be able to treat people right and do right towards others. Because what happened, that old saying, matter of fact, it's even, it's even biblical. You know, you know, you reap what you sow. So if you have sowed bad or evil, then what happens, sometimes you set yourself up for you to be able to receive the same thing. And a lot of times we think it may be just that particular individual. It may not be that particular individual that we have wronged. Sometimes it may be the same person but a different face. So that's why it's very it's very important for us to pass the test in life. And so, like I said, for us to be able to examine, we have to do a self-analysis. That's one of the key things we always have to think about. Even in the Bible, it tells us to examine ourselves. Even when you get ready to take Holy Communion, we need to examine ourselves. But also look at how we treat others. Think about it, how we treat ourselves. So that's why it's so important for us to be mindful of passing the test that may be thrust upon us. It may be something that the devil sinned. It might be a situation or a test the devil sinned, or it may be a situation that we have created ourselves. But no matter what, it's very important for us to pass the test. In other words, we do it and we do it the right way. It's so important for us to do things the right way. <clears throat> you know, uh, one of the scriptures I always think about, um, matter of fact, our church, our own pastor, Pastor Logan, always say this. This is more like of his uh, mission statement. <clears throat> he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, or all these things shall chase you down. But one of the things we have to think about, seek ye first God, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. That's so important. And his righteousness, meaning God's way of being right. So in other words, we have to do the right thing and in the right way. One of the things I was, those that know me, I'm a wrestling fan. I've always been a wrestling fan ever since I was a kid. And one of the things that, that we always look at on wrestling, we look at when a wrestler win a match. If he has a clean match and if he won with no controversy, hey, that's good. But what happened when his foot is on the ropes? What happened if he hit below the belt and the ref wasn't looking? In other words, he fought dirty. But always remember, even though if a person fight dirty, they're still being recorded. And what happens if the ref look at the play 
and realized that he fought dirty. Now, true enough, the ref can count one, two, three, and raise the person's hand and didn't even see anything. But, oh, but all of a sudden when he look at the teleprompter and he sees the replay, he can reverse that decision. So it's very important for us to be able to not just do things, but do it the right way. That's the key thing we have to look at. When we do things, make sure we do things the right way. Another way I mentioned first, um, examine and see if we pass the test. The second thing, this is something that really, really, really caught my attention. I really want to emphasize on this. When you've been delivered from something or someone, when I pass or a past situation or a past person, when they revisit, a second scenario could be when we've been delivered from something or someone and they re-enter. Now, the story of Matthew 12, 43 through 45, it tells us about an unclean spirit goes out of a man, and they go through dry places seeking rest and finding none. Then he said, talking about the uh, unclean spirit, I will return to my house, and that is the person that they were just kicked out of, so to speak. Uh, that person that was, if you want to say delivered, the unclean spirit is saying, I will return back to my house, already claiming that that's their, quote-unquote, property or possession. I will return to my house from which I came from, and when he comes he find it empty, swept, and in order. <clears throat> then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with wicked generations. So, this is something to think about. When you have been delivered from something, I'm going to first start with that something. When you have been delivered from something, it's more than just stop doing whatever you were doing. What do you have in place to substitute from what you were doing? See, it's more than just, let's just say for those who I want to give this example. It's more than just stop doing what you're doing. Like I said, you have to have a substitution. I'm going to go ahead and finish reading this. The commentary that's pertaining to this, it says, we must connect with Matthew 12, 24 through 29. It talks about Satan's house. And that house is the body that that person who was possessed by a demon. It appears that the demon's or restless in seeking bodies in which they can reside in. But when the demon leaves, this man's life was changed for the better. In other words, when the devil or when that spirit left that person, they were fine. They were good. They were for the better. But his life was still empty. When a demon returns, 
He brings other demons with him more powerful than he was. Think about this. If you were able to overcome a situation, if you were able to overcome uh, some type of, um, let's say, drug habit or something, those are spirits. So if you were able to overcome that, and let's just say, for example, it was three demons or three evil spirits that you overcame, okay? So you were able to defeat three evil spirits. They left, but they're going to return back. And if they see that there's nothing occupying that space, they're going to come in with a backup to ensure that they're unable to get kicked out again. Think about it. So in other words, if you're in a fight and somebody beat you up and win, what you're going to do, you're going to leave and come back with backup to overpower them or overtake them. Same thing we have to look at pertaining to this situation right here. We have to look at the devil going to always try to bring some backup. The devil going to try to bring his backup. That's something we have to think about. The devil going to try to bring backup. So just like how the devil try to bring backup, and remember, when the devil left or when that evil spirit left, the house was clean, the house representing you. But when he comes back, he sees that there's no one inside and that no one supposed to be, supposed to be Christ in our life. But the key thing we have to remember is one thing to get him out, but it's another thing we got to keep that spirit out. So when the devil leaves, this man's life was changed for the better, but his house was still empty. When the devil or the demon returns, he brought with him several other spirits. In other words, that man's life ended in tragedy. But reformation, reformation is not enough. Reformation could clean, but it would not feel, it would not feel you. We have to understand the Savior, Jesus Christ, is the only one that can fill our spiritual life or spiritual needs. But understand, a lot of times people would, listen, people would overcome or get delivered from something, but they don't rely upon the source, Jesus Christ, into their life to substitute that void because of what they used to depend upon. Let's say like this. If I was used to depend upon alcohol and I overcame alcohol, if I don't allow Christ to come into my life and fill that void, even though I can stop I can stop or overcome alcohol, but if I don't have Christ into my life solid, when the urge comes back, the urge gonna come back stronger than what it left. And so what happened, that's why a lot of time when people relapse it's harder than they first had it because the demon is going to come back several times more. And like I said, with a stronger spirit than before. So it's very important for us to be able to occupy that space that the devil or those spirits have left from. And the only person that can feel that is Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, it's like you hear people, they say, well, you know, I'm just going to exercise faith. I'm going to use faith. So what they'll do, 
they'll quit. They say, you know what? I just, I just won't be taking these diabetes diabetes or diabetic diabetic pills. So I'm gonna stop taking it. I'm just gonna trust God. They stop taking it, but they don't substitute anything. And what happened? They end up getting themselves sick or die. But they say they exercise in faith. That's not faith. That's not faith. That's not using wisdom. This is what faith is. You know what? I'm believing that God is going to deliver me from the diabetic pills. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue to take it as I monitor my blood sugar level. I'm going to make a lifestyle change and stop eating all this junk food, and I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start exercising. I may lose some weight or whatever I need to do. I'm going to do my part, and I'm trusting that as I do my part, God is going to deliver me from these pills, and I'm going to continue to go to my doctor to get not just a checkup, but say confirmation. Now, that's using your faith. In other words, using your faith, faith requiring hope plus action, corresponding action based upon what you believe. But what happens a lot of times, we say what we're going to do, but we don't do our part or do what God has us to do or tell us to do to fill that void so when the temptation comes, what happens when the temptation comes, we end up having a relapse. So that's something for us to think about. We have to do our part. You know, another thing I've mentioned about things, you know, um, when we have not been delivered from things. Now, when we have not been delivered from People, even though, let's just say for someone who might have had a uh, bad relationship, a bad relationship ended, but you continue to isolate yourself. Now, get this. You were in a bad relationship. It was a toxic relationship that you were in. But now that it's over with, because in that toxic relationship, one of the one of the things that a toxic relationship would try to do would try to isolate you from healthy sources, healthy people, from your roots. So that's what the devil does. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He comes to isolate you. And so we've talked about pertaining to the things that we were involved in. Now, looking at the people that we were involved in that might have been toxic. So now you end up having that relationship to be over with. The relationship ended. But instead of you going to get help or instead of you going to try to get to a healthy source or resource, what happens? You continue to isolate yourself. You cut yourself off from healthy people and healthy activities or all activities. Soon. What happened, the devil going to make you think about not all the bad things that happened, but he's going to make you think about, hmm, well, look, even though that person did you wrong, but look, at least you had somebody. The devil going to try to start talking to you. 
The devil going to start making you think, well, you know what? It's better to have somebody that treats you bad than nobody that won't treat you at all. All these things, all these conversations. And remember, you still haven't reached out and got back to a healthy environment, but you man, you remain isolated. So what happened as time go on, you end up hmm, getting a phone call from the ex, the first one. You might you might uh refuse the first phone call. But just remember this. The devil can deal with them to tell them to be persistent. Keep on calling. So soon, you might have refused the first phone call or the the first or second phone call. But then as that person be persistent, you become vulnerable. They catch you when you're vulnerable. You may give in to a conversation by answering the phone. And then that conversation leads to another conversation and another conversation. And then pretty soon, it leads to a visit by them. They might treat you cool, but then all of a sudden, that visit turns into a date, and then another date, and then another date. And then soon, that person enters or re-enters into your life, and you re-enter back into that relationship. Now, get this. That person knew, because what if that person felt like you would never leave them? You would never leave them, and you had enough strength to end the relationship. Now, you have re-entered into that relationship again. Now, they realize, huh, this person has the potential of leaving me. So, you know what? If I get in this time, they ain't going to leave me. Hmm. We have to understand, a lot of times, that's what happened with bad relationships. They have ended, and then what happened, that person re-ended back into your life, and they caused more havoc into your life. You know, one thing we always think about, God always provides a way of escape. But in that way of escape, he never wants you to re-enter. One of the things I often think about, God did not want us to return to Egypt. You think about in the Old Testament, the people that returned, they, they said they came out better returning back to the enemy camp. No. But what you have to do, in the midst of you being delivered from something or somebody, you got to get to healthy resources. And the healthy resources first, your relationship with God. And then also healthy people that's going to nourish you. You know, I think about when a person has, um, uh, you think about when a person has been rescued. Let's just say they've been abandoned in some woods that they were deprived water or food or something. And they've been rescued. They're still alive. What do they do? They get them to the hospital to give them healthy fluids. You know, give them some water, starve them out. They may not be able to automatically eat solid food immediately because they went through stress. So what they do, they get some nourishment, some electrolytes in their body, some water in their system to help them get back on their feet. Why? Because they were in a dry place. That's in the physical. What about the spiritual? What about the emotional? It's the same concept. We have to think about that. So 
when it boils down to being delivered, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Being delivered from somebody when God has allowed you to escape a bad relationship, He did not intend for you to return back to it. I don't care how you think they've changed. You know what? It could be a setup. We know too many people that have gone down to allow themselves to just go down to the ground. It could be physically or emotionally or mentally. When you have escaped, and you know what? The funny thing about it, some people, well, they've changed, they're changed. Well, you know what? Think about it. God did not allow you to escape for nothing. Just one blank. That's something to think about. But also think about that person's behavior. Because there are some people, get this, there are some people, what they'll do, they'll in a bad relationship, but they're so fixated past, that's the only person they will allow entry into their present. Look here, you have to love yourself beyond how they treated you. You have to love yourself beyond, you know, what they said about you. First of all, the only way you can know your identity is not by how somebody treats you or what people have said, but what did God say about Y-O-U? And I found out something. So many people, they they try to find their validation or their identity through other people. But, you know, God already said through his word. But what he wants us to do, we don't hear from healthy people or people that are supposed to love us, our family or whatever. It's his written word that we need to read in the mirror and say it to ourselves. That's something we don't do. But God wanted to start being responsible as good stewards. And stewardship is not just pertaining to finances. It pertains to the things and everything that God has given us. And think about this. Those who accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, this is his temple. So if this is his temple, we are his possession. So how are you treating God's possession? How are you treating God's daughter? How are you treating God's son? How are you treating yourself? Love yourself beyond what people have said or treated you. So when it boils down to it, when God delivers you from somebody, I have to drill that in because there's so many people. I've read so many stories. I see it all the time where people have allowed themselves to go back into an, into an unhealthy relationship and they end up getting hurt. And I'm going to say it like this. It's not just a relationship between boyfriend and girlfriend or dating. It can be pertaining to a toxic or bad relationship with friends or so-called friends or frenemies. You have, God has opened up a way of escape for you and detached you from somebody who meant you no good. But what happened? Oh, well, you know, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to be a good person. That's not a good person. That's a selfish person. You're being selfish. You're trying to fulfill your need based upon trying to do for somebody else that you know that God did not tell you to deal with. And say it like this. Not just pertaining to friends, but also even pertaining to family. There are some people that you know, and, and like I said, some, some people for whatever reason, sometimes 
we allow our soft heart, our soft heart to allow us because of our hard head. We allow our soft heart to get us into so much trouble. We end up helping people that God did not authorize us to help. We have already gotten the lesson learned because we tried to help this person and they burnt our bridge. But what happened, we end up trying to help them again, and they haven't learned their lesson. God is telling them, hey, look here. And get this, we ain't even consult God. We just think we're doing the work of God, even though it may be, quote, unquote, a good deed, but it was not an assigned deed. So did God tell us to do it? No. Or we just want to take upon ourselves and do it. Sometimes we don't know the backstory of what a person is dealing with, and sometimes they're dealing with the consequences of their choice. But because of trying to play Captain Savior, they'll never understand the depth of the trouble that they are getting themselves into. What if God is allowing them to go through to get their attention for them to see that they need him? Or what if God is whooping them? And because we're helping them, what happened, sometimes we're the one to get some of the licks that God is trying to give them. So that's why it's very important for us to be able to monitor and make sure before we do anything, we need to consult God. The Bible tells us men should always pray and not faint or not lose heart or not give up. But the key thing is for us to always pray. In other words, consult God about everything. Consult God about everything and don't do anything until he responds back. If God don't respond, you don't move. If God doesn't respond, you don't respond. But if we move ahead of God, then we actually doing uh, going outside of God's will. Because even though I don't care if you, I, I don't care if you, I just use myself as an example. I don't care if it's even me. If I'm doing something that God did not authorize me to do, and He's telling me not to do it, but I do it anyway, I'm being disobedient, just like the person that's doing what they want to do. So that's what we have to look at, Sam. When it boils down to it, there are some people that God has detached from us, but what happened, we still try to connect them to us because of our feelings or our emotions. And that's one of the main things that get us into a lot of trouble as believers. We get into so many so much trouble because we allow our emotions to to drive us instead of God's spirit through us to drive us. We cannot be driven by our spirit. Excuse me. We cannot be driven by our emotions. We got to be driven by God's spirit. Our emotions will get us in trouble. Our emotions will make us think about who they are to us instead of our spirit being who they are to him. A lot of times our emotions or our feelings make us think about us. Ultimately, it's about us and our possession. Well, that's my friend or that's my child or that's my family. But everything is about my. But what about him? Ultimately, I'll say for, my, for myself, for an example, I would talk to um, somebody. And I told them, because me being a father, whatever I own is not only 
given to me by God, but it's my responsibility to be a good steward, not just because God gave it to me, but also I share custody with it with my son. So in other words, if I have some money and I want to just blow it off, that's not just my money. That's not 100% my money. That's my son's money, too, because I'm supposed to be providing for him. So I have to be a good steward unto God, but also because my son is holding me accountable for it, too. So when we look at it like that, then that's going to make us more responsible and think twice before we move once. We have to be a better steward with the things that God has given us responsibility for. And so that also means pertaining to being wise when it comes down to the people that God removed. Get this. God may remove them out of our life. But if you don't allow yourself to have that door closed, that particular person may return. Or if you don't pass, like I mentioned earlier, if you don't pass that test, you might have a a same person but a different face to come. And so what happened, so many people, they're not living the abundant life that God has for them. So many people are reliving or have their life on repeat or replay. Because they're not passing the test that they were supposed to have passed. So when it boils down to it, we have to be knowledgeable. When it comes down to the things that God removes us from, you have to have him in that place. You have to have him to occupy that place in your life. So that way, when it comes back, they won't reenter. Get this, the problem I mentioned earlier coming from Matthews, Matthews 12, 43 and through 45, the problem was not the evil spirit coming back. The problem was the evil spirit having re-entry back into that place that they left from first. Because remember, the devil going to do his job. Let's say right now. That person that you dealt with in the past, they're going to they gonna try to confront you. They're going to try to. But it's up to you if you let your guard down and allow them access back to where they were. That old saying that says, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can, be, you can stop a bird from building a nest over your head. That is true. You have to be mature enough and strong enough for you to be able to start telling people, no, no re-entry. No re-entry. When a person leaves, they left for a reason. Or God removed them or evicted them for a reason. Your life should not be known as a re-entry. Re-entry, and matter of fact, I was just listening. When I heard the word re-entry, I heard the word re-injure. Re-entry, re-injure. So you think about it, <laughs> when, a, when, when you have been injured in a place in your body, it's easy, like if you broke a bone, it's easy to re-break that bone again. So how many times are you going to have a cast over the same injury? You cannot allow yourself to be a welcome mat or re-welcome mat over and over and over again because you will never succeed and being and being at the place that God wants you to be at, 
when you still allowing people that he have expelled out of your life to have reentry back into your life. So that's something you have to you have to do. You have to be responsible. And also, one of the things I always tell people, um, a lot of times that will really help us is if we feel that we're not strong enough, we have to have an accountability partner. We have to have somebody that will hold us responsible. And also, hey, being real with someone and telling them, hey, you know what, I'm not strong enough to um, – overcome this so what i need you to do i know i'm used to smoking and stuff so what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give you my cigarettes and i want you to make sure even if i ask big please give me those cigarettes say no that's something we have to do we have to be responsible and like i said if you feel that you can't deal with it by yourself listen you are not designed to live this life and deal with whatever you were dealing with or whatever you overcame by yourself. One of the things that we always talk about as a church, we're a family. And, of course, there are some people who have a healthy, functioning, biological family. That's great. But if you feel that you don't, then guess what? You have a secondary family. You have your biological family and you have your spiritual family. But also, you have a community of friends and sometimes some coworkers. Now, I'm not saying everybody that you may work with is qualified to be your friend, but there are some people that you may see in your community. You may be someone at your grocery store that you can befriend or that you have befriended that might be able to help you in your time of need. So always tell people to pray about it. And like I said, when you're serious with God, God will send people to, to your rescue. So we have to remember when it comes down to the things that um, God delivered us from or the people that God delivered us from, there should be no reentry. So I mentioned first maybe a test that you didn't pass. That's why people or things are reentering. And also, like I said, when we've been delivered from something or someone, like I said, they're going to come back to not allow them entry. And like I say, that does not mean it's going to be the same. It may be the same person or it may not be the same person. It may be a person of a different face. So the key thing of it is these are spirits. You know, it's like some people may say, well, you know what? Every person I dealt with, they might have been abusive. Uh, every person I dealt with, they the same type of person. There are some people, they, de- they uh, dealt with five or six different guys, but they all have these same characteristics. You know, when, when you look at the common denominator, five different guys, but it's one you. If it's the same type of five different guys, but it's the same you, then the problem ain't the five different guys. The common denominator is you. So you have to be able to use wisdom. And one of the things I always tell people, so many people, they give their trust for free. They give their trust, and like I say, they try to use the Christian excuse, well, I just have a good heart. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Well, the, the right thing is to be obedient. That's one of the things we have to do, even in relationship, and I have to emphasize this, even in relationship, if someone is trying to make you step outside of God's will or make you do something that's outside of God's will, that's not the one for you. 
I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how you say, well, you know, I'm a good person. I can help them against it. Uh-uh. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to talk to them later on, but I have a Sunday school teacher who is a great friend of mine that's what happened to my cousin. Years ago, he told me one time, he asked me, a young lady that I was dating at the time, uh, is she saved? Uh, does she go to church? I said, well, I can help her get saved. He said, you don't know enough to help her get saved. You don't know enough yourself. That was a reality check, but guess what? He was telling the truth. I, was, I grew up in church, but what I was doing, I was compromising. I was compromising. That's what a lot of us do as believers. We compromise, we reduce our morality and our ethics to get something that God did not authorize us to have. Just point blank. Good example. So many people, I say a young lady grew up, healthy family, uh, she's a virgin, she dressed apart, she got success, straight A student, all that stuff. But she meets some old knucklehead boy who always skipping school. Sometimes he don't even go to school. Don't have anything going for himself. All he want to do is smoke and drink, all that stuff. But what she want to do, well, you know, he 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 has a good heart. Making it look at everybody know he a bad boy. But she making excuses for him. Well, you don't really know him like I know him. Guess what? You don't know him yourself. And that good clean girl now she starts skipping school. Now she end up what? Giving him her innocence. She end up having sex. She end up look, where she supposed you know, she was going to church and she was doing the right thing, but instead of him being better, she gets worse. And she steps down to his level. He doesn't come up to her level. She now steps down to his level. It's sad that we see it. And uh, and I'm going to say it like this. This is not to bring any shame. This is just to bring awareness of what goes on in today's time. This thing been going on ever since I was a kid, even during Bible times. But it's to bring reality into this conversation because this is what we're dealing with. And so many people, they feel like, well, you know, um, uh, uh, well, you know, maybe it was God's will. It wasn't God's will for you to be entangled with that person. It's not. But it's ability as ministers to have this conversation to let them know that is not God's intention for you. One of the verses I always think about, and I, I hear it all the time in my head, the blessings of God give us riches and add us no sorrow. That means add us no drama. There is no drama in the blessings of God. So if it's drama, if it's problematic, then you have to think about it. Is it from God? The answer is no. Whatever God gives, he always gives peace with it. If there's no peace, then it may not be from God. But we have to look at if there's no peace, that means if there's no peace, that means there's confusion. And we all know that Satan is the author of what? Confusion, drama, problems. So why step into a problem that God did not God did not orchestrate for you to have? Look, life in itself is already difficult. 
And I'm not talking about just a sinful, I mean, shucks, just life in itself, working, sweating, you know, losing loved ones, sickness all over the land, all these things, that's stress within itself, people's problems. When you see a toxic relationship, think about this. That person may be dealing with somebody else's problem. That person dealing with an individual that God did not have scheduled for them in their life. Why are they picking up another problem? Why are you picking up extra debt? You know, you think about it. It's going to end the same way. Look here. Let's be real. I don't care how good your loving is. I don't care how good your sex is or whatever I said. You can't do devilish ways to expect a godly result. You can't you can't make that person be saved. You can't make that person uh, be right. And one of the things I always say, there's this old saying, well, you know, the the right man would change for the right woman. That's the biggest lie. No, it no, they won't. That person needs to be able to uh, want to change for themselves, but also change for God. And think about it, if they ain't gonna change for God and change for themselves, what make you think they're gonna change for you? Oh, what if, what if, think about this, if they're not going to change for God, but you say they're going to change for you, that means that you become their God. Something to think about. So these are the conversations we need to think about. Is it worth it? We picking up, we picking up other people's problems, and that's not the abundant life God has for us. Even even when we think about it, God knew us when we were in our mother's womb. But do you think that God planned for us to deal with that? But get this, God has a perfect will and a permissive will. If you keep telling God, God, I want him, I want him. And God said, no, this young man, he might be better suited for you. No, God, the Bible says, you know, uh, action shall be given. And look here, God said, look here, I'm not playing, I'm not playing Chuck Ritterie love connection, but hey, look here, you got a free will. If you want to go to him, hey, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. And you go over there and you end up interrupting his drama and you bringing in your piece that's going to be all flushed down the toilet and you end up having his drama. His drama now becomes your drama, but you saying, well, you know, the devil is busy. Well, actually, the devil went over there, and that was you. This might be hard, whatever, but I'm just being realistic. We have to start using wisdom and asking God, God, is this something that you want us to do? We always have to pray about everything and don't do anything until God responds. Also, we have to think about, you know, I, I was talking about, um, being able to make sure that we don't leave ourselves open. We gotta got we gotta allow God to fill us, and also doing what He have us to do. I mentioned about the you know the uh, bad relationship and understanding that just like the evil spirit that came back, like I said, the problem was not of their returning. The problem was the reentry that they allowed. In other words, there was no occupant. We must have an exchange from whatever that God 
delivered us from to God himself in our life. We have to, we cannot omit proper healing and deliverance without allowing God to be in our life or in the, uh, filling their void. The other thing, the third thing I want to bring up, I mentioned first, maybe we didn't pass the test. And maybe that's the reason why that reentry is coming back. Or the second thing was when you've been delivered from something and they try to come back. The third thing, and this is something we have to really, really think about. When you're about to walk into your purpose or receive your blessing, that's when people that's going to come in call distractions. They come in to distract you. They come in to distract you because, think about it, just like if you watch any type of sport, you can be, it could be football or basketball. You think about there is more defense against you when you closer to the goal. So when it brought down to when you close to your purpose, in other words, when you have connected with the purpose and plan God has for you, expect the presence of the devil. Just point blank. A distraction. A distraction. Think about what is a distraction. Anything or anybody that will remove your focus on God in the purpose or plan for your life. Think about when you about when you make up in your mind to do something. Listen, the devil gonna try any way he can to distract you. He gonna bring people who mean you no good. He gonna bring people that will just try to just either stop you or slow you down. And some people, well, you know, uh, uh, they they ain't try to stop. Think th- think about this. This will hit me. It's not just the people that would try to stop you or slow you down, but also they may try to speed you up. What does that mean, speed you up? You think about it. It's just like playing football. The quarterback tells the receiver to go five yards, turn, and I'm going to send the ball there. But sometimes what happens if the person go beyond their orders, what happened? Even though that person may have ran, that person might have been open, but that person didn't do exactly what the quarterback told him to do. So when it boiled down to it, sometimes think about this. When I say speed up, we got to think about this. The devil is one of the individuals that will try to make us, what, become impatient. The devil does not have patience. The devil is impatient, and he tried to make that impatience upon us. He tried to thrust that impatience upon us. So that's why I say about speeding up, because let's just say, hey, you may say, you know what? In a couple more years, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a brand new car or whatever. And then what happened? You know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to use myself for an example. I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. I went to a church service one day, and there was a young lady that stood up and she spoke over. She, I think she was ministering. And she said, I see you in a brand new. Wow. I can't remember everything else that was said. She said, I see you in a brand new car. And you know what I did a couple months later, I ended up getting a car that I couldn't afford and I hated it. It was not my ideal car. But what I did, even though 
It might have been true. But what happened, I took it upon myself, and I sped up the process, and I got a brand-new car before the time that God probably authorized me to have it. Now I'm in a brand-new car, and guess what it's almost paid for? And there's no financial burden. But what if she was speaking years later instead of days later? See, that, I'm going to be real with you. I allowed the devil to speed up my process. But I thank God for another chance because now the vehicle I have now, I got a few more payments and I'll be done. And also, God blessed me in 2002 to purchase a brand new car and I had to pay it off. Thank the Lord for that. I had to pay it off until somebody hit it and totaled it. But guess what? That happened then and now I'm in a car that's almost paid off. But the key thing of it was, was I allowed impatience. Instead of me consulting God, seeking God, I took that and I listened to, and I just admitted, it was the devil that got into my feelings or my emotions to make me think, oh, maybe she's talking about now. And I went on and got it, and I got it for the time I should have got it. So the main thing over there we got to think about, God's timing. God's timing, not allowing anything, anybody to distract us. Look at the timing. Even when distractions come, look at the timing of when it came. When you're about to do something, let's just say you're going to get ready to study. You're going to get ready to study. And all of a sudden you get a phone call. Hey, what you doing? People just want to waste your time. That's one of the things we need to pay attention to. When things are going on, what is your spirit telling you? How do you feel? Because there are some people, like I said, there are some people that are coming in just to distract you. You feel this weight. You feel this heaviness. You're like, man, this person, oh, it's this uneasiness. Well, you think about it. If it ain't of peace, you need to examine it. That may be a distraction that the devil trying to send. So understand, there are reactions See, when, when, when things or when people come to distract you because you're in your purpose, think about this. There is a reaction or a certain response that they may be trying to get out of you. There is a certain action or response, a reaction or response that they're trying to get out of you. Because what if, excuse me, what if, they know that, you know what, this person going somewhere in life. So what they try to do, they try to come into your life to make you sabotage, make you step outside of your character, make you lose focus. These are the things that you have to look at. Understand that there are some people or some things and some folks that will either stop you, slow you down, or speed you up. But also what we have to do, we have to be focused. We got to stay focused. Stay focused on the task at hand. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. We have to allow God to take control of our mind and not allowing the influences of others to influence our mind. In other words, we got to start being stronger mentally, emotionally, but also spiritually. 1 John 2.15 tells us, do not love the world 
or the things of the world. But if anyone loves the world and loves anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Also, being focused, Hebrews twelve and two tell us fixing our attention on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith, who in view of the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding his own shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. Colossians three, one and two, but be but be then if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above Christ hinged on the right hand of the Father. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. And last but not least, Proverbs 4, 4 and 25. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. We cannot allow, especially in this day and time, allow any distractions from stopping us from the move of God or the things that God has for us to do. We have to start being more responsible and not allow these distractions to get to us because there are people that are waiting on us. And I'm going to tell you like this. I am tired of going through the same test over and over and over again. But what I had to do, I had to acknowledge that it wasn't the people or the things that were coming to me that was the problem. The problem was me because I had to learn to start saying no. I had to learn to start recognizing who bring these things. I have to quit allowing and petting the devil and understand that these things are actually coming in to take me out. And so the same thing you have to look at, these things are coming to take you out, to counsel your assignment, to take you out, to counsel your identity or make you lose or make you lose sight of the relationship with God. That's something that we have to acknowledge. So without further moment to do, what I want to do, I see some people online, I want to give them an opportunity to come on here and um I'm going to start with, I'm not going to say the whole number, but um, there are some of the last four digits are 0174. I'm going to get you on the line now. There are some of the last four digits are 0174. Hello there. Hello there. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. All right, Brother June. This is Mr. Grace. How you doing today, sir? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, wanted to get you on here. Okay. Uh, I can't hear you now. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you now, okay. okay yeah, I was okay, just enjoying okay. your podcast. You're doing a great work here, and uh, you have some uh, great topics here, and I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. And... Uh, I think this is the important thing that most people have to realize is about the, uh, we say seven, but actually it's eight because the one brings seven more. So it's eight spirits that's worse mm-hmm. than the first spirit. So uh, people have to realize that when they are, uh, uh, what your biggest word was distraction. Why was the house empty? 
why was the house empty? And it was empty. And most of our times, if you just think about it in an easy parable, is that uh, when you're distracted sometimes and you got to pay your rent, if you forget to pay the rent, the house becomes what? It becomes empty because you were distracted and forgot to do your obligation that we're supposed to. So what is our obligation in Christ? Our obligation is Christ is we forget to start to do the things that got us saved, the things that, that brought us to Christ. And we begin, as you said, we begin to shift back towards our normal activities of, of the ways of the world and, 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 and all these kind of things. And we begin to not meditate and focus on these things. And so, therefore, we what? The house becomes empty. What left? What left? Well, the, uh, we, we're not listening to the force of God. We're not listening to uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So, therefore, what? It, it, it's not that it actually left, but it's not being paying attention to, if you will. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not being. It's, you, we're not paying attention to him. So therefore, whatever he speaks, we can't hear it because we're distracted and we're going in other directions. But I think it was a good topic, and I think that most people, this is a great topic that we need to get into and and more detail and in depth with people because this this is rather the reason why most people are not successful in Christ because they allow themselves to be distracted with the Bible say with the cares of the world. And so uh when we do this then we will become uh everything will become cloudy. Our judgment becomes cloudy, everything about us becomes cloudy and then we're no longer focused on the things of God. But it was great topics. I enjoyed you. I've been listening to you. Uh I I'll let you speak. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, the funny thing that, um, unfortunately, you know, those that know me, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus or using myself for an example because sometimes when you try to use somebody else, you know, I don't like to disclose other people's business, but I don't mind talking about my own business, especially the things that God delivered me from or the things that God helped me to get out of or the things that I you know, allow myself to get into, you know, being transparent because a lot of times people just see the person behind the pool pit, but some people don't see the person that was in the pit before they got into the pool pit, you know. And so that's one of the things I would tell people. And, you know, I tell people, even if you've made a mistake, hey, pick yourself up, you know, ask God to forgive you, you forgive yourself and go on, you know, but just don't make the same mistake over and over and over again, you know. Even one of the things that we were speaking about uh, in Sunday school this morning was, you know, David being a man of God's own heart. You know, he was smart enough, even though he made some mistakes, but he was smart enough to repent, get it right, and turn from that thing, you know. And that's something that we need to do. You know, uh, being a Christian does not mean that we're flawless, but we, number one, we understand, hey, we need to go ahead and start being more mature and even uh we talk about the word uh be perfect which simply means being mature being mature enough to recognize you made a mistake and keep on going forgive yourself ask god to forgive you forgive yourself and don't make that same mistake again quit hitting the reset button in your life a replay i'll say like that yeah, so I I appreciate you. I'm a, I'm gonna go to there's someone else coming on here. Welcome to welcome welcome to Reading My Heart podcast. You're on the air. How you doing today? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good, doing good. Would you like to say anything? I was just enjoying the show. I'm just grateful for just the wisdom that I'm around, and I just could relate to all of it. And I'm just, it was just a lot of confirmation, and I'm just so grateful for what I was able to hear. And, you know, it just made me just really evaluate things and just think about those, just like when you're talking about family, um, how sometimes God removes people from our lives, even family. I was just thinking about how hard it is, like, because your family, you, you know, you want them to be safe, too, and you think that, you know, you just want them to see how different you are so that maybe they will come to know God too. But then they just pull you further or they just not pull you. Sometimes they don't pull you further, but they it just hurts you to be around them because you just want them to be saved so badly. So that, like, resonated with me the most because my family isn't saved yet, and that's really painful for me because I want to be in their lives. Like, you know, I have nieces that are young, and they love me a lot, and it's hard to, like, be there, but not, like, I have to distance myself not only from them too because they're around all of that. And so that is just hard for me. And when you were saying that, it made me, it resonated with me, and so... Um, it made me think more about that part, um, mm-hmm. how hard it is, you know, but important it is. And then just praying more fervently for that. And then um, when you were talking about um, when God removes people from your life or things from your life and you go back to it and it makes it even str- like um, it's even harder after it just made me be, I'm just so grateful when I think about times that I did that. And I'm just so grateful that it's not as worse as it could have been and that I have overcome that. But um, really being intentional about being intentional about not thinking about those things or even putting ourselves in that those positions like, you know, I had to get to a point where I just had to write scripture all over my wall and um, and just be repeating it out loud because sometimes the enemy or even ourselves remind ourselves of the of past experiences. And that was a lot. But I'm just grateful for all that. You explained, but I would just want to go back to the family part if you could elaborate more on that and, like, how you find the balance. And then also finding a balance and, like, not being distracted but also not being too busy either. Okay. Number one, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. You know, when you were speaking, one of the things that uh, was really hitting on me, and I can relate to that very much, especially even pertaining to family. One of the things that was really hitting on me when you was uh, speaking, a lot of time we'll try to lead them to Christ and try to do everything. And it's one thing with, if they're receptive. But if they're not receptive, then we have to understand, hey, look here, I may not be the one to lead them to Christ, 
It may be through someone else. One of the scriptures I already think about is one planet, one water, but it's God to give the increase. And, you know, especially as a parent, sometimes you hear a child come up to you and say, hey, hey, dad, daddy, look, look. I heard this cool saying, I mean, it just blew my mind. And they tell you, you're like, wait a minute. I've been telling you that for a long time, you know. So it's like they didn't receive it from me, even though I'm right there and I'm connected to them or I'm their family. But because God allowed them to hear from somebody else, it was it was better received. So sometimes it may be that someone else may be coming in to reach them, even though you're right there. And so the thing is, is just you just doing your part and being obedient to God. And, you know, God did not want you to worry, uh, I say us, God does not want us to worry and stress about our unsaved loved ones. Actually, hey, the way I look at it, it ain't our responsibility. It's God's responsibility. It's just our responsibility to do what we're supposed to do, live the life in front of them, and also for those who are receptive, do. For those that aren't receptive, then just pray for them, you know. And so that way you won't allow the devil to have uh, give us that guilt trip because the devil going to see, look at you. If you were really saved, then they will be saved too. Devil are always going to try to throw some type of accusation. Like I said, he's the father, uh, the fa- father of every lie and all that stuff. So it's our responsibility to pray for everybody, live the life in front of people, and for those who receive from us, great. For those who don't receive, just continue to pray for them and say, you know, God, uh, give them that desire to receive from you, regardless if it comes from me or somebody else. You know, because sometimes, and like I said, I, I know me personally, I know there are times where I just, you know, I want, I want to be the one to, to help them get to Christ and all that stuff. But to be honest with you, sometimes what happened, instead of me being a quote-unquote blessing to them, sometimes it can be interpreted as me being a nuisance to them. Yeah. And, and so that's something that, you know, just be in prayer. And, of course, we'll be praying also. And for us to be able to just continue to live the life in front of those, regardless of who it is, you just make sure that you don't allow that to change who you are and don't allow that to be a distraction to you. Because sometimes we're so busy focusing on somebody that's not receptive that we miss the one that want to receive from us. Oh, that's good. Yes. I mean, I don't care how they get saved. I just want them to get saved so I could be around them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Um, even because I know there are some people that have some behaviors that is not, I ain't going to say not just not godly, but just something that we don't deal with. You know, so the only thing, you know, we can pray for them and, you know, just make sure that there's nothing in you where um, you holding any animosity and all that. When I say you, not just you specifically, I'm saying you in general. You know, us being able to examine ourselves and to make sure that we're doing our part, make sure, you know, I always look at it like this. I always think about, like, even with the, the prodigal son, 
But he was out. He did whatever he wanted to do. But that father was right there waiting and anticipating. And so the way I see it is making sure that we live the life where no matter who may come, we are right there anticipate with an anticipation and say, you know what? I'm here. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm here for you. All these things, regardless of who it is. And it may be someone that's a family, maybe someone that's a long lost friend or whatever. But the main thing, just us doing our part and representing Christ. Right. Yeah. But I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I hope that there was something that was said that um really brought in some something that really just resonated to your heart, you know. Yeah, all of it did. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. We got two more people going on the line. Hello, hello. Welcome to Reconnect Moha Podcast. You're on the air. Okay, okay. Last four is nine one five nine. Brother Jones. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, young man? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. God bless you. Great program tonight. Something that is, was needed, uh, something we all need to hear to deal with relationships, all those type of things, uh, uh, dealing with situations in, in our lives and stuff, and understanding uh, distraction and all that. And so very well spoken. And also, uh, you quoted the passage of scripture that one water and uh, uh, one plant is another water. And another passage of scripture I often think about when it comes to family is no prophet is accepted in his own country. And uh, I've had that my life as being a believer uh, with family members and stuff. I also go back to uh, that's what you and I often talk about it. I, I, I've, I've used the word so many times. I don't have problems exercising certain people out of my life. It don't mean that I don't love them. I love them, but we, I just realized their behavior, the lifestyle they want to live, uh, their conduct, it's not conducive to my lifestyle, my conduct, and my behavior. So I have no problem in exercising them out of my life. I still love them. I pray for them. When I see them, if the setting's right, I speak to them. I hold a brief conversation with them. And I continue to make sure they see the love of Christ in me and things. And uh, just real fast, to give you some examples. I'll never forget one time my grandmother asked me to go talk to a family member, elderly family member, and uh, talk about Christ so that they can be saved. Well, like you said, uh, is that a person that God has assigned you to go talk to? Well, God wasn't feeding that into my spirit. That was for me to go talk to them. So I didn't go. But then on another term, there was another relative that got very got sick, had a heart attack, and was in the hospital, and they were of middle age, and they wasn't saved. God led me to go to the hospital and talk to him. That next day, I came back to see him. He said, there the man is. He said, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. See, you and I have talked about it before, bleeding hearts. We got too many bleeding heart Christians. Soft hearts get you in trouble. You can't go by your feeling. You and I, we talk about a lot of times about emotions. You know me. I speak. I teach against emotions. When we let our emotions get involved, our emotion then takes over us, and then we don't hear God. And then on the same token, 
I'll never forget when I was about 15 to 17 years old, he was running the Bible at the church, and that was this elderly man. And the family was so concerned, they wanted him to be saved and things. And they asked the pastor after the revival to come by the house. Well, unbeknownst to me, the pastor, I was riding with my grandfather, who's the spokesman of the deacon board. He says, uh, why don't you all come go with me? And so we did, and several of the other deacons. And we go there, and my mind it says, okay, the pastor's going to speak, and so we go, I'm just going here to listen. Everybody get introduced and stuff, and the pastor turned to me, and he says, it's your job to get him saved. I'm like, oh, okay. And God spoke to me right then and told me to tell him about a, the, the, the parable of a thief. I simply told him the parable of the thief, and he accepted Christ as his personal Savior. So to the previous caller, you have to understand, no matter how much you desire to won't get some of them saved, like June said, you can maybe become an annoyance to them. You love them. You pray for them, keep them in your prayers, and let God do the work. We just only vessels that God uses. And so keep them in God's hand. We'll continue to pray with you that your loved ones become saved and so that you all can be together as a family, but we're not to stress out over them. And so uh, those are my brief comments on that, and it's, again, Man, great show as always, and uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, the funny thing is, um, you know, when we look at it, (laughs) one of the things that you were saying earlier about um, not welcoming your own land, I'm going to tell you like this. Sometimes, I'll say sometimes, and some people may have it easier than others, but sometimes it's harder to minister to family. Just putting, just putting it like that. Sometimes it's harder to minister to family. It seems like, like you said earlier, you're welcome. You're, uh, uh, the word of God is more receptive to those who don't know you, those who are not attached to you. But sometimes, look here, I've been in situations around some family members where I'm speaking and, number one, I'm never the one that always look for an amen. I want people to listen. Right. I want people to listen. Whatever God gives me, I always tell people I'm sitting right there. I want to listen. I don't want any distraction. I want you to listen and receive because I know people uh, uh, gather things differently. But... When people that don't know you or that attach you, you know, they're more receptive. Some of them, you know, I appreciate it. But then again, there are some people, what we call kin folks. Some people, they don't acknowledge you as the man of the cloth or the person behind the pulpit. They just look at you. Mm, I remember that. Sorry, blah 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 blah. You know, they just look at you as kin folk. You know, and you're like, now wait a minute. You know. But that's not our problem. And what we have to do, we have to be mature enough to look beyond what they're doing and not allow that to be a distraction. Because to be honest with you, it could be very disappointing, you know. But that's not our problem, you know. So, 
you you was you was hitting on some stuff and uh if you don't mind write down some of that stuff because I know we're gonna be talking about this later on in the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, so I I definitely appreciate you. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, we're gonna go to one more caller. Uh, last for zero seven seven six. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Ricky at My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How you doing today? Hey, brother Drew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's it going, man? I'm really, really enjoying the show. Awesome show. Uh, one of the one of the favorite parts of this show was when you were talking about uh, making decisions uh, in relationships. Uh, something this week and the past couple of weeks that God really put on my heart is. Uh, getting people to understand that they need to have the word of God in them daily in order to make a godly decision. That's about relationships, that's about jobs, all kind of different things. Uh, so when you mentioned that, that kind of re- brought that back up again. Uh, like you said, in today's lesson, we also hit some things uh, about trusting God and believing in God and, you know, just <clears> – <throat> just keeping him first place in our lives. So uh, in, in order to make those decisions about relationships, yes, we need to make a godly decision. And the only way we're going to do that, like you said, is by staying in the Word and uh, trusting God's Word. But uh, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to come on and, and say I appreciate everything you're doing and keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, um, you know, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, those that know me, I like for us to talk about, you know, have conversation pertaining to what's going on in our lives. You know, hmm. I don't know what's going on. I think somebody popping firecrackers next door, unfortunately. But, um, you know, these are the things that are going on in our lives. And I tell people, hey, look here. You can be saved, but that doesn't exempt you from situational problems in your life, and you have to be able to understand how to deal with them. And everything that we face in this life, God has a specific remedy for it, but it's our responsibility to search. So with that being said, I appreciate it. Number one, there's nobody, I found that there's nobody shooting that they popping firecrackers. Today is July 18th. 14 days from 4th of July, and they popping firecrackers. But anyway, that's the distraction. <laughs> and we we acknowledge what they're doing, but you know what? We're going to let the police deal with them. So with that being said, you know, I hope and pray that some of us really just evaluate ourselves and the rest of us. Pray for those who may be in that situation be honest with you, we all need prayer. And there are some situations that we have dealt with in our past. It's not for us to beat ourselves up. Hey, becoming aware of where you fall short at and grow from that. That's one of the things. It does, uh, Matter of fact, uh, my son was talking to me this morning, uh, a couple minutes ago. He was telling me that um, he, was, he, was, uh, he, he often does the uh, skateboarding. And he said, how many times he failed? I said, well, shucks. Let me ask you this. Did you get back up? He said, yes, I did. And that's what's important. It doesn't matter how many times you fall down. 
is how many times you get back up. Let your last response be you getting up. That's what matters. And so with that being said, I want each and every one of us to be praying for one another. And I want us to be able to be responsible and recognize that, you know what, without Christ, we can't do anything. But also through Christ, we can overcome everything. And also know, just in case somebody may be in a situation, regardless if it was a relationship as far as courtship or even with family or friends or whatever, if it's something that may be not right, not healthy, God will provide a way of escape. As long as God is God, he is on the throne, he will provide a way out. But make sure you're sensitive enough where you can be able to hear his response and act upon it. Understand, God can do the impossible. If you try to figure out a way, it may not work. But allow God to come in and execute a plan for you to overcome whatever you may be plagued with. And even if something may return or try to return, you don't have to allow it to reenter. I want to say this before I forget. This is something that God was really laying upon my heart uh, some time ago. You know, for those that don't know, God delivered me from um, uh, migraine headaches. I used to suffer from migraine headaches for years when I was a kid, up until I became an adult. And I told God, I'm trusting and believing he's going to deliver me from that. And he did. And then years later, I was somewhere, and I ended up feeling, for those who have suffered from migraine headaches, you can tell when it's coming back up. It's like I can taste it in my saliva, all these things. And all of a sudden, I begin to start having another migraine episode. And all of a sudden, the devil's like, well, you know what? <laughs> you wasn't delivered no way. And I said, no, the devil is alive. I was delivered. I may feel the symptoms right now, but I'm still delivered. And so what it is, what happened when the devil leaves or when you've been delivered from something, what happens, the devil will always try to offer or give you a suggestion if you can have it back into your life. So even if you may have dealt with something, like I said, me dealing with um, migraine headaches, just because it may appear again does not mean that you were not delivered from it. So that's something for you to remember. Look here. You, it, when it comes, uh-uh, devil, I do not receive that. I send it back to the pits of hell. And you know what? Even when I was, even when I was feeling it, I still did the methods I was doing, uh, uh, ate my crackers. And for those that had it like me, migraine headaches made me throw up. I threw up and all that stuff, but the thing was, I said, I'm getting it out, and I'm claiming my healing, and I thank God I have not had it in years. And so the key thing, when the devil tried to bring back things that we were delivered from, you don't have to accept it. I don't care if you st- if it's still like, if you feel like the symptoms are coming back up, still, uh-uh, you don't accept it. You put a claim that you healed. You said, out of your mouth, you're healed. Remember, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So you speak. You don't have to accept what the devil's offering. You proclaim healing. You accept it. You embrace it. So with that being said, I want to thank each and every one. Tune in. What we're going to do, we're going to uh, pray right now. And just in case somebody who may be watching who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ is that Savior and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead. 
thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is the time for you to be able to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and understand in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with it by yourself. Whatever you're dealing with, he's here to help you to overcome whatever the devil threw at you or even what you put upon yourself. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We're coming to you right now, God. I ask you, God, to help us in every area of our lives, God, wherever we fall short at, God. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you help us, that you cleanse us, God, and not only clean us from the things that we may have been plagued with, but, God, we invite you to be the resident in our house right now, God. In the name of Jesus, protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger right now, God, and even what the with the things that we have overcame, God, we thank you, Lord, for securing us and helping us to be clean from that and detox from that once and for all right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We cancel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and we speaking for deliverance right now, God. We speaking wholeness right now, God. We speaking right now, God, removal from the addiction, from alcoholism, from pornography, from whatever the devil may have tried to plague us with, God. Even if it's low self-esteem, whatever it is right now, God. We even speaking right now, God, for those who may be in a toxic or turbulent relationship, God. We speaking right now, God, that you provide a way of escape right now, God. And help them to understand that that's not their identity, that's not their purpose right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you provide right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for deliverance and wholeness right now, God, for healing right now, God. We even speak right now, God, that you bring healing right now, God, physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak, God, that you from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet right now, God. We're speaking that we rededicate our life, our hearts to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the great testimony that's coming from this, God. We thank you, Lord, for the blessed hope that you have given us right now, God. We even speaking, God, for the call that they called in concerned about their love for one, God. We're speaking right now, God, that you give them the desire, God, to repent before repent to you, God, before it's too late, God, to accept you into their lives right now, God, and be whole, be delivered, God, be set free, God, not only be saved, but be delivered right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for continued, God, to bring forth your word, God, not just your uh, uh, audible word, God, but your written word, God, even the visual, God, that you have placed upon this earth, God, the creation that you have created for us, God, to know that there is a God, and we thank you right now, God, for loving us, God, and for having our best interest at heart right now, God, and even speaking right now, God, that you give your people that desire, God, to forgive themselves right now, God, seek forgiveness, God, and forgive themselves right now, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do, in Jesus' name we pray, we say amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching um, this episode. For those who want to get in contact with me, you can catch me on Brother Prater, or you can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Piers and Paul, R-A, Tears and Tom, E-R. You can see my data devotions and also my videos. Also, for those who may want to catch my website, you can catch me at brotherprater.com. You can see my 
uh, daily devotions and upcoming events and also personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my book. You can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. Also, The Girl Who Wants Her Brother's Keeper. I pray that you all have a great, great week. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.